You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on our first ever Bigger Pockets Radio podcast. My name is Josh Dorkin. I'm the founder and CEO of BiggerPockets.com. With me today is my co-host, Brandon Turner, a real estate investor. He's the head of our community and... He is a fantastic co-host. Of course, this being our first show, you're about to find out. So what's up, Brandon? Nice to have you here. Hey, thanks, Josh. I am really excited for this podcast. This is going to be great, man. This is going to be great. Well, listen, before we get started, let's talk a little bit about the podcast itself. I want to share with everybody. Um, for those of you guys who are actually unfamiliar with Bigger Pockets, um, Bigger Pockets is essentially the premier community for real estate investors online. It, it, essentially, BiggerPockets is this incredibly amazing social network that's uh, been designed to make you a better real estate investor. We've got over 100,000 members, a vibrant forum community. We've got hundreds of conversations happening every day. Um, there, there, there's over 10,000 articles on real estate and investing, and we've got weekly contributions from, from dozens of, of leaders in the industry. Because all that is 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 known as the credible destination in the niche uh, of real estate investing. So, with that said, let's get to the show itself. On today's show, we're excited to talk talk with Marty Boardman. Uh, Marty's an Arizona real estate agent, a house flipper, and uh, he's he's doing some pretty incredible stuff in real estate. Uh, Marty's also a weekly, uh, regular weekly contributor to uh, the Bigger Pockets blog, which. Uh, is biggerpockets.com slash re news blog. And uh, Marty actually put on a two and a half hour flipping boot camp for us at the 2012 Bigger Pockets Real Estate Investing Summit, uh, which we put on last March. Uh, Marty last week wrote a post, which we'll uh, be linking to in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show one. Uh, this post. Uh, he he talked about losing eight million dollars. Let me let me repeat that: eight million dollars, millions of dollars during. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, there's no other way to say it. That's crazy. He lost eight million bucks during the real estate crash, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about that, amongst other things, on the show. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're ready to open a business bank account for your new property. You know what that means. Coordinating a time between you, your co-founders, and your bank consultant. Waiting at the branch or waiting for hours on the support line. Who has time for that? With Relay, you can open a business bank account for your property 100% online from anywhere. Create up to 20 accounts to organize money by property or by categories like expenses, taxes, or investments. Effortlessly collaborate with role-specific access. That means giving your cleaner a debit card for cleaning supplies or your accountant read-only access to your 
transactions. Own multiple businesses? Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access them all from one centralized login. Okay, I'm just, I'm going off script here. That is cool. It's annoying that I have to log into 10 business accounts with my current bank. So go sign up for RelayFi because that's a, that's a feature that I like. No monthly fees or minimums, and it takes just 10 minutes to sign up. Head on over to RelayFi.com slash BiggerPockets for stress-free banking. You can join me because I'm heading on over there right now. I'm heading on over to R-E-L-A-Y-F-I.com slash BiggerPockets. Relay is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by ThreadBank, member FDIC. The Relay Visa debit card is issued by ThreadBank pursuant to a license from Visa USA Inc. and may be used everywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. PropStream it. PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120 plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP. Without further ado, why don't we get this thing going? Marty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, no problem. It's good to have you, man. We're we're very excited to uh, to kick kick off the uh, the podcast with uh, with you, and and uh, hopefully we could learn a thing or two about uh, flipping. We can learn how not to lose eight million dollars. That that was legit, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, the music stopped, and I didn't have a chair in two thousand and seven. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we probably have some some listeners uh, and some followers of uh, Bigger Pockets who can relate to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I was sitting on about 65 properties in 2007, and you know the market here in Phoenix dropped in value by almost 60 percent. And you know, I was anticipating uh, I was anticipating some correction. You know, I, I knew the market was hot. I knew that, uh, you know, that the at the pace we were going, that uh, the 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 regular increases in, in value of you know six to ten percent a month weren't sustainable. So I, I thought I was being conservative, you know, buying around seventy cents on the dollar. Uh, but uh, you know, the the market corrected itself by 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 sixty percent, and uh, yeah, you know, the music stopped, and I didn't have a chair. Wow, unbelievable! So so greed is good, except when when you get over leveraged. Exactly, and and it's really hard. I think well, it was at the time to to know, you know, how much was over leveraged. And you know, it's funny. I tell people all the time. You know, I'm actually grateful for the global economic collapse and and uh, the real estate market going into the tank because it it actually saved my marriage. <laughs> I've been married uh, 14 years and. And thankfully, the whole rest of the world, the rest of the country uh, fell apart as far as real estate is concerned. 
as well. And and eventually my wife went from believing that, you know, I was just a complete moron to <laughs> understanding, you know, that, uh, it, it, you know, it, there was more to do with it than just, just, you know, me not understanding what was going on. And it was funny every, every time, uh, every time uh, a layman brothers would go bankrupt or Bear Stearns would go out of business or, our countrywide would get absorbed by Bank of America. You know, I would put the newspaper down on the kitchen table in the morning and go, see, honey, see, I wasn't the only one who didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, wh- why don't we, let, let's come back to, to this story because it's it's really fascinating. And and I think in the article we, we talked about, uh, you, you talked about the lessons learned and things to avoid. Um, but before we get there, why don't we why don't we talk about your background? How how did you get started as a real estate investor? What's your what's your uh, what's your background? Sure. Well, I got into real estate investing full time in two thousand and two. Uh, prior to that, I was a, a TV news cameraman. I was the guy uh, that you'd see schlepping around the camera gear, you know, hundreds of pounds of of camera gear, and 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 here in Phoenix, uh, you know, we would. Uh, in the summertime, uh, we would uh, you know be covering brush fires, and we'd be chasing bad guys. Chasing, I'd like to say, we were always chasing ambulances and raindrops. You know, whenever it rained here, it was it was a huge breaking news story. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, chasing you know fire trucks and ambulances, and and yeah, I just got to a point you know where I decided that I wanted to have more financial freedom, and uh, I wanted uh, something a little more stable. Uh, I wanted to do something that didn't require working nights and weekends and holidays. So, nice. you know, here I go choosing real estate, right? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> you know, you have to do that. But you know what? At least I'm doing it. I was doing it on my own terms. And, you know, I mean, the problem was you know, being a cameraman, uh, you know, most corporate corporations, you know, I was trying to find a job and most corporations, you know, companies look at my experience and they didn't see that I had any marketable skills. Uh, in other industries, so I really didn't have much many options. It was you know either real estate or, or, or you know I, I don't know there really wasn't much else for me to do. I, I actually right around this time read Robert Kiyosaki's book, uh, and Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I was like, okay, real estate's the way for me to go. I, I started the same way. I read uh, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, and I remember thinking at the time that it put into words kind of what had been uh, you know filling up my head for you know quite some time. Um, that that was that was kind of the, the tipping point for me was reading that and then finding bigger pockets and, and moving forward from there. So that's cool that we kind of have that same background. I actually think Kiyosaki is is somewhat required reading for for new real estate investors in in the past probably decade or so. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and and guys, it's probably been more than ten years since I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, but I still have that cash flow quadrant burned into my into my head, right? Yep. The E S, you know, B and I, employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. And uh, you know, I teach classes for realtors on how to work with investors, and I also teach uh, a class on fixing and flipping homes. And I, I usually start the class out by by uh, writing that that plus sign, you know, that those that uh, quadrant up on the board, and writing an E at the top, an S at the bottom left, a B at the top right, and I at the bottom right, and saying, hey, you know. Uh, this is how I, I got out. This is this 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 is you know was crystal clear in my mind. You know when I read this book twelve years ago, and I I think about it almost every day. That's great. That's great. Well, so you decided to take the leap. You're you're gonna you know become this real estate investor and change your life and find financial freedom. And what was what was the next step? Obviously, you had to do some learning, some research. 
you didn't just jump in and start flipping houses, did you? No, you know, I do what all newbie uh, or a lot of newbie real estate investors do. You know, I spent a lot of money and I flew far away uh, to take a boot camp on on how to uh, buy foreclosures and do lease options. It was actually right there in your backyard, Josh. It was uh, uh, in Denver. It was the Colorado Association of Realtors, or rather Colorado um, Real Estate Investment Club. And it was a weekend deal where they brought in all these different gurus and they were selling, uh, well, at the time they were selling cassettes. <laughs> they weren't even doing <laughs> nice. back then. What, 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 uh, are, the, what are those? Yeah, Brandon's yeah. like 12 years old, so we, we don't really, you know, yeah. we'll have to school him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so cassettes, uh, uh, you know, on lease options and foreclosures, you know, I, I got back here to Phoenix. This was 2001. Came back to Phoenix, and you know, I, I actually convinced my wife after after listening to these cassette sets that I knew enough about investing to quit my job and go into real estate full time. You know, and and luckily for me, she you know she had a really good job and was able to support me uh, for a while. And uh, you know, I guess you could say she was my sugar mama. <laughs> so, nice. You know, when people say, "Hey, you know, I want to get into rest, investing. I want to quit my job." I'm like, "Well, you got a sugar mama. You're going to need one of those. You know, to get started because uh, you need some source of income while." you're figuring this thing out. But, you know, I was fortunate in, in that way. Uh, you know, things didn't really work out. After about a year, I wasn't making any money. I think I made about, you know, 10, 12 grand my first year. And my wife started using this this really bad word, uh, job. She started, ah. <laughs> she started saying, you know, you need to go and get a job again because this real estate thing doesn't seem to be working out. So uh, I did what all newbie kind of real estate investors do next. I spent more money and I flew further away. Uh, <laughs> I flew, spent $2,700. I flew to Atlanta and I went to a four-day workshop called How to Get Lenders Fighting to Give You Money. And it was pretty, really ridiculous. You know what they, the advice they gave us is, you know, just basically walk into a community bank and ask for a line of credit, you know, to do real estate deals because you know you need the money to 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 build an inventory of homes. And so that was a waste. And then you know, right around the same time, you know, 2002 or so, uh, to going into 2003, after I got back from that boot camp, I called a local real estate attorney here in town who had written an article I read. And I asked him, you know, I told him this story about I'd been to Denver and Atlanta. And he said, you know, Marty, it's really the best piece of real estate investment advice to this day I've ever gotten. He said, Marty, quit wasting your time and your money flying all over the country, paying these gurus to teach you how to invest in real estate. Find somebody there here in Phoenix who's who's investing and 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 find a way to serve them find a way to to make it worth their while to teach you the business you know you know uh, bring them deals you know mop their floors bring them coffee you know whatever you got to do uh and and so that's what i did i actually ended up going to just a, a local class uh for on foreclosures it was actually a class for realtors i met a guy in the class who I uh, was working with the local investor who was buying homes at the courthouse steps, and those guys kind of took me under their wing and and showed me the way. and And I worked for them for about a year and a half. It was like a, an apprenticeship. It was a real estate investment apprenticeship, and uh, lasted about a year and a half. I did about I don't know twenty twenty five deals with those guys, and we split the profit three ways. I was basically their bird dog, and uh, uh, and then. Uh, from there, you know, I had enough of a track record. I could start raising some of my own capital. It started out with family members and friends and then grew. And then the next thing you know, I had, you know, two and a half million dollars in investment capital and 65 houses. Wow. And then it went bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> oh, jeez. went from, 
you know, a net worth of 8 million to negative 2 million, you know? So, uh, you know, uh, I never really, you know, through the process lost, uh, hope, you know, I've always felt like, you know what, Hey, if I was able to build uh, a business like that in three years, you know, I can rebuild it. So, uh, you know, we had, you know, some, some, some pretty frustrating times. I mean, we, at one point, you know, towards the end of 2008, going into 2009, we were burning the furniture to stay warm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, sell stuff on Craigslist. Uh, you know, I had a Rolex watch. I hawked at a jewelry store. Uh, you know, I sold my Mercedes, uh, you know, started driving a 94 Honda Accord. You know, it was a humbling experience, but, uh, you know, I'm grateful for it because, you know, I, during the process, I read a lot of books, you know, books of, about, you know, like Abraham Lincoln and Thomas Edison and, uh, uh, you know, Walt Disney and, and, and every one of them has had a monumental failure failure in their life. And it's kind of helped them kind of regroup. And, and I guess it's just a rite of passage for, for any entrepreneur to fail miserably at least once or twice in their life. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm fine. Uh, uh, well, at least look, I mean, you lost, you lost 2 million. Donald Trump lost how many billion <laughs> you know, so uh, you know you're not you're you're not a big shot yet, man. <laughs> I, I'd exactly. actually like I'd like to go back to something you said earlier, Marty. I think uh, uh, you mentioned when the best piece of advice you ever got from that um, from that friend of yours who said, you know, find an investor that you can you get close with and that will teach you. And what you said was find a way to add value to them. And I think that's you know a lot of people come to the bigger pockets. Um, the forum and they talk about, I need a mentor. I need somebody to, you know, teach me the ropes. And, uh, I, I think that a lot of people miss that is what kind of value can you bring, uh, to the mentor? Like what, what can you do to make it worthwhile? I mean, this isn't a charity case that somebody just wants to pick somebody up. So I, th I think that's huge and, uh, something that, you know, newbies definitely need to keep in mind. Yeah, you know what I tell people, Brandon, and, and you know when I'm teaching classes, I just taught a class today uh, for realtors, and I also, like I said, teach one about fixing and flipping, and I'll work with anyone, uh, but they got to do one of two things for me: they got to bring me money, or they got to bring me deals. Uh, that's how they add value to my business. And you know, most people have one of two things: they either have time, or they have they have they have money. Uh, those who have time, you know what, bring me deals. If you've got money, well then, uh, uh, you know, we'll go find deals and, and, and work together. But, uh, you know, I, I'll sit down, I'm, I'm happy to sit down with, you know, anyone here in my market and show them exactly how they can bring me deals. Uh, you know, I, I'll explain it to them. I'll give them, you know, six steps, you know, which includes, you know, go get your real estate license. Cause I believe in this market here in Phoenix, you got to have a real estate license, uh, to do deals. Uh, because uh, you need access to the multiple listing service to find those short sales, to find those REO properties, to comp properties, to get access to properties. So that's part of the process. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, most people are completely unwilling. They're too lazy. They're just not motivated enough to, to do exactly what I tell them to do. And it just never works out. It rarely ever works out. I think they'd rather pay somebody $5,000, a guru, to tell them, you know, how to do it. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I decided, and this is just something that kind of came to me here in the last few days, you know, and really it, it's, it's uh, something I've been doing I didn't really know I was doing the last three years and writing on my own blog on flippingphoenixhouses.com, writing for bigger pockets. Uh, and, you know, I just, you know, uh, wrote a book. Uh, I'm sure we can talk about that in a minute, but uh, about flipping houses. I'm really on a mission. Uh, I've decided 
to show people and to tell people as loudly as I possibly can how hard it is to do this business, how hard it is to fix and flip real estate, how hard it is to, to buy and hold real estate, how hard it is to invest in real estate. It is hard work. Uh, it's rewarding. Uh, I'd much rather do this than, than dig ditches or slap camera gear, but it's, it's not easy, you know, and, and I just get so frustrated. Uh, just here in the last week, I've, I, I, I've attended a, a real estate investment club in Milwaukee because uh, a, a partner and I, Jay Scott, who's a member of Bigger Pockets, is uh, him and I have joint ventured on some some flip deals in the Milwaukee area. I went to a, a workshop or rather a, a local real estate investment meeting there last week, and they brought in a guru who talked about how easy it is to raise private money. I watched a video today online of a guru saying how easy his system is to master and how quickly motivated sellers will be calling you once you use his system. And it just makes me sick because it's it's not easy. I wish I wish these guys would stop saying that. But the truth is, is, is if they didn't, I guess nobody would buy their programs. Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, so, so first of all, good plug, um, Flipping Phoenix Houses, that would be your, your website. And, and uh, we would love to talk about uh, the book, F- uh, Fixing and Flipping Real Estate, that, that came out this year. Um, I re- really quick want to touch upon what, what you had talked about, the difficulty um, uh, in, in, in becoming a successful real estate investor. Um, as you said, the gurus do make it sound really easy. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think frankly, people, people want things handed to them. Um, and, and, and I think that's why you find, you have found that, that so many people have, have just not come through for you because they think it's going to be easy. They think, you know, whether they're, they're hoping to believe what these guys are saying, or they're just not realistic about, um, the approach to, to, to getting started as a real estate business person, because, um, I really do truly believe, and I think we all do, the three of us, um, that that you need to run your your real estate life as as a business. Um, but but the, the, these guys have these false hopes, and I'm glad to hear that that you know you're you're taking this mission to to make it uh, make people understand how how tough it is. Um, you, you know, with with bigger pockets, we really try hard to make sure people are realistic about. Um, getting started and being successful. It's, it's just, you know, for, for everybody listening, I, I just want to really um, emphasize how important it is to understand that real estate is not a joke. You, you, you don't just go and say, hey, I'm going to go buy a couple of houses. You, you need to plan. You need to map out your path. Um, and, and you need to um, be detail-oriented in your approach to, to moving forward. And I'm assuming... Um, you know, I, I'd like to actually talk about that a little bit and, uh, with, with you a little more. And then, you know, I, I actually also want to get into uh, four flipping boxes, uh, which is something that you taught over at the Bigger Pocket Summit. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, the business approach to, to real estate planning, plotting. Um, you have any insight in that? Yeah, I think what uh, or what I advise um, anyone who who approaches me and says, "Hey, I want to get into real estate investing," you know, what I do is is I instruct them or advise them to think about what their financial goals are. You know, three years, five years, you know, five years, you know, one, three, and five years down the road. So, you know, I always say, you know, you want to work backwards, 
and to figure out what it is you're going to do. Like I consider fixing and flipping, you know, this is my day job, right? This is my business. I, I fix and flip homes to generate enough revenue to buy income, you know, cash flow producing real estate. That's why I fix and flip. So, you know, how much money do I need to generate from my fix and flip business to just cover my nut, right? Just to pay the bills to, you know, pay my house payment and, and, uh, you know, put groceries on the table and keep the lights turned on. And then how much above and beyond that do I need to earn, uh, to put towards, uh, my investment properties. So, you know, what I encourage people to do when they're starting out is just say, okay, how much money do I need to make, you know? And, 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 and if it's, let's just say it's, it's, $10,000 a month, that's your goal. Well, that means, you know, if you can, you can net $10,000 on one flip property, it sounds like to me, you need to flip 12 houses, you know, in the next 12 months, right? And, you know, how much money is that? How much money do you need to, to buy and sell uh, and rehab 12 homes? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know what your market's like. I don't know what your niche is going to be, what type of home you want to buy, what price point, how much it's going to cost you to rehab it. But you need to sit down and, and figure that out, figure out, you know, how much is how much is going to take to buy these and rehab them and how much is it going to take to hold on to them and how long is it going to take them to sell. And so you just work backwards from there. So then you you really uh, your goal, you know, kind of shifts from being from flipping, you know, enough homes to earn 10 grand a month to how do I raise the money that I need if you don't already have the money uh, to flip 12 homes a year, you know, one a month. Uh, so you really kind of have. Uh, a couple of different goals kind of working together there. So, you know, that's what that's what uh, my business partner, Manny, and I did when we first started. We sat down and we decided, you know, how much money we had we wanted to earn, how much how much we wanted to use and put towards our, our revenue generating properties. And and then we just said, okay, here's our goal. So our goal became, you know, to raise two million bucks. If we had two million dollars in investment capital, then we can fix and flip, you know, five to eight homes a month. And at the end of uh, five years, that would uh, you know, allow us to not only pay our bills, but buy between 18 and 20 rental properties that would cash flow between, you know, 17 and $22,000 a month. So I, I just tell people, sit down, figure out how much you need, and then work backwards from there. That's great. I think, Brandon, you, you and I have talked a, a bit about that. And and I believe that's that's the approach you, you tend to take as well, the, the work backwards approach. Yeah, it is definitely. Um I mean, I, I look at cash flow like that. I say, well, how much money do you want to, you know, eventually have in passive income? And if, you know, if that's, you want to earn $5,000 a month, uh, well, how many houses does that take? You know, if it's $100 per unit, uh, you know, that's what, 50 houses or 50 units. So that could be one fifty unit apartment complex or 50 single family homes. Uh, I mean, I, I look at it the exact same way going backwards. And uh, one thing, um, Marty, you said earlier, um, I thought was just really, really good. Um, you you talked about how uh, you need you don't have to. I guess flipping houses is not a investment as much as it is a day job for you. Um, you said like that's how you pay your bills, and, and that's one thing I always tell. Uh, I guess new new real estate investors they say, well, how can I get in, involved in real estate investing? And I always tell them, well, find a job that you love. You know, like flipping is the one that gets all the the, the show on TV. And uh, all the popularity, flipping's you know a popular, cool thing to do, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've done a lot of flipping too, uh, but flipping's not for everyone. And so I think that's what I always tell everyone: is find a job that you absolutely love and that you get excited to do when you wake up in the morning. And if that's flipping or if that's wholesaling, then great, um, jump in with both feet. 
Uh, but if that's working at McDonald's or if it's being a math teacher, then go work at McDonald's and be a math teacher, but invest on the side. Uh, that's that's one thing that I found um, that people don't have to necessarily flip houses or be a wholesaler to be involved in real estate. No, you don't, Brandon. I mean, I you know I fix and flip homes just because I like fixing and flipping houses. It's my job, and and I love it, and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But uh, it generates enough revenue to again pay the bills, and uh, I enjoy doing it. Uh, you know, I have a, a brother-in-law and he lives in Austin, Texas. And, you know, what he, he buys a couple investment properties every year. But uh, he has a, a, a wonderful job at IBM and uh, as a senior level engineer, and he likes that. So he, is, he uses the income that uh, his job generates to buy investment properties. Uh, I use the uh, income that my fix and flip business you know, and, and you know, it's interesting. There's been some 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 debate on on bigger pockets and some of the forums about whether or not fixing and flipping is actually investing or not. You know, I don't I don't get involved in all of that. I mean, it's all semantics. You know, I, I think uh, you know the definition, the 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 Webster's I think definition of investing is investing a principal amount of money and and getting a certain rate of return and expectation uh, back. So I guess technically it is, but. You know, if you stop fixing and flipping homes, if I stop tomorrow, the 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 income stops coming in. <laughs> At least with with investment properties, you know, whether you work or not, you know, you get that mailbox money uh, every month. So, so yeah, it's it's definitely not for everyone. And I I encourage people who are going to fix and flip for a business, they need to systematize, systematize. Just like uh, you know, I read the book The E Myth, and it just talks about franchising and 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 putting as many systems in place as possible so you can control costs and 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 create a brand for yourself and a product that you know people uh you know can expect you know or, or other realtors who are looking to show your flip properties know every time they're they, they look the same they smell the same they feel the same creating that brand i think that's really important as a, as a fix and flip investor this show is sponsored by airbnb did you know that a long time ago before i ever started my real estate business I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb, and that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job, and now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. 
Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Just go to Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash BiggerPockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. You might think you want real estate, but that's not true. What you really want is passive income. With new investors struggling to find deals or get enough money to buy them and veteran landlords tired of the constant tenant phone calls, is there a better alternative? Actually, there is. Short notes from Connect Invest. Connect Invest is an online investing platform that allows you to easily participate in passive real estate investing, and all you need is $500 to start. Short Notes collectively funds a diversified portfolio of commercial and residential real estate projects across acquisition, construction, and development phases. You'll earn a fixed monthly income without the hassle of owning or managing real estate. Head to connectinvest.com BP to create your account. Fund your digital wallet with at least $500. Select from 6, 12, and 24-month short notes with annualized return rates up to 9%. Then sit back and let your monthly returns roll in. Join today by visiting connectinvest.com VP. Connectinvest.com VP. Well, that's great information. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about partners. Um, you know, I, I, I know that, that you went at it alone for a while and, and then uh, you, you brought on Manny, your partner, who's a great guy. And, and, and of course, uh, the Milwaukee flip with, with Jay. Uh, let, c- can you talk about uh, just getting into these partnerships, why you decided to, to partner with these guys? You know, is, is there something that they bring to the picture that you couldn't do on your own? Um, and, and let's, let's kind of go that way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, going into business with somebody partnering with someone, it's a lot like a, a marriage, you know, uh, and, and ideally you find a partner who, who's got strengths that you don't have. And ideally, you know, you have strengths, they don't, and, and, and you, they complement each other. You know, when I started uh, working with, with Manny, 
you know, I, you know, it was really out of necessity. I mean, I was really, uh, I had the technical ability to, to, to operate the business and find the properties and get them fixed up. Uh, but I didn't have the working capital and Manny had those connections. So it was a really good partnership because he was able to, to find and meet uh, new investors and help us raise capital to, to fix and flip houses. And I could focus on the technical side, which is just acquiring the properties and making sure they got fixed up properly and got sold. And, you know, likewise uh, with, uh, with Jay, you know, we met at the Bigger Pocket Summit last March and, and uh, decided to start doing uh, some flips in the Milwaukee area. Uh, big reason why we did that, you know, there's, there's just a nice uh, uh, discrepancy or, or difference between, you know, what retail homes are selling for and what distressed properties are selling for. We actually had Steve Cook, who's a contributor to Bigger Pockets, you know, look, look that up for us. And he found there was about a 51% difference between, uh, you know, distressed properties in the Milwaukee area and, 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 uh, and regular sales. Uh, homes that aren't in foreclosure and, and you know it was a really good fit with Jay because you know um, he's a very uh, he's, he's very detail oriented uh, uh, he really gets into the technical side of, of flipping homes he really understands the mechanics of it and frankly I'm not really into that you know I'm I'm more into the art of the deal and putting the deal together and I'm more into analyzing you know the numbers and in, in the market so again it's a really good fit uh, and so, you know, we work really well together. We're, it's interesting, Manny and, and I and, and Jay are all the same age. We're all 40 years old. We all have young kids, you know, so we're all in similar stages in life. And so it just, it makes a lot of sense. But I think, you know, for, for people who are out there thinking about bringing on partners or partnering up, you know, you really have to uh, think it through and, and make sure that, you know, you have the same temperament. Uh, that uh, that the expectations are laid out, you know, uh, before you get get started on your first project. And I would say take it slow, just like uh, when you're dating, right? I mean, you don't you don't meet somebody new and then move in with them, the you know, a week later. Uh, you know, you you take it slow, and I think that's what you need to do with partners. You know, just do one deal, then do another, and just get to know each other. You know, and and you don't have to do a formal you know, LLC and operating agreement, maybe just do a joint venture and just see how it goes. Well, good, good advice. Um, let's, let's talk about this four flipping boxes. I, I mentioned it to Brandon. He was unfamiliar with it. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, I think it's, it's going to be somewhat difficult to translate over, over the airwaves without pictures, but you know, hopefully you can do a little bit of justice and, and maybe fill us in on what is four flipping boxes and, and, you know, just to, to everybody listening, four flipping boxes is um, uh, a class that Marty taught over at the the summit, um, and he also, I believe, teaches it locally. So, uh, fill us in a little bit. Sure. So, I mentioned, you know, when when the market went in the tank, you know, uh, we were really struggling, my wife and I, and you know, I was fortunate enough. Uh, I was I, I met uh, or I was introduced to a real estate investor uh, here uh, in Phoenix. Uh, actually, he, he was introduced to me by my uh, church pastor. And, uh, you know, this guy is a very successful real estate investor here in Phoenix, uh, flips a lot of homes. And uh, he introduced me to him. This is when I was really struggling trying to get, you know, kind of trying to stay afloat back in uh, the spring of 2009. And I actually went to work for this with this guy 
uh, is, is kind of like a project manager overseeing some of his flip deals. You know, I was doing everything for him. I was hanging ceiling fans. I was hanging blinds. I was, I was uh, installing door hardware. I was cleaning toilets. You know, uh, these are all flip properties that he bought, and I was helping him out. And uh, you know, when I when I when I first met him, he sat down with me. And he said, this is how our business works. And he got out a piece of notepaper. If you can just visualize, you know, a, pa a page of lined notepaper. And he wrote, he drew four boxes on the piece of paper. And he wrote in each box. In the first box, he wrote acquisition. And the second box, he wrote rehab. And the third box, he wrote uh, sales. And in the fourth box, he wrote raising capital. And he said, uh, a fix and flip business consists of these four boxes, acquisition, rehab, sales, and raising capital. He's like, and you got to have somebody in each one of these boxes and almost, you know, to keep things running, uh, you know, at all times. And he's like, my focus is the raising capital box. I raise capital. He's like, my partner, he focuses on acquisition. He makes sure we've got deals in the pipeline. We're always, we've always got a new deal coming. He's like, and then he'd hired two people. He hired someone to handle sales and he hired somebody else to handle the rehab and overseeing the rehabs. So uh, I just thought, you know, he just called it his four boxes concept, but I'm the one who added flip into it. Uh, so I thought, wow, I've never really thought about a, 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 a house flipping business like this. And it just really cleared things up for me. It made me, it, it helped me think about each phase of, of our business. And it is a business, you know, I mean, fixing and flipping homes is a business, you know, and uh, it just really helped me to focus on on each aspect of the business as, as we acquired properties and rehabbed them and the importance of, of keeping that, that cycle or that, or that pipeline full and keeping things going. And so when I teach people and I teach the class, it's really, it's really simple. And, and as a matter of fact, on my blog, I have four categories, acquisition, <laughs> rehab, uh, uh, sales, and raising capital. It's one of those four things, you know, uh, subjects that I'm going to be talking about all the time. And it's easy to kind of break down the business that way when you when you when you think of it like that. I'd actually love to know more about the uh, raising capital part. I mean, out of the other out of those four boxes, you know, I feel like in my flipping, I've been all right in the three, but it's the raising capital that I always seem to struggle with. Like, what are your, I guess, uh, thoughts and suggestions on that, Marty? So. Look at, you know, when, when, when you've got guys, you know, like Bernie Madoff, right. And all these other shysters out there ripping people off. I mean, uh, you know, it, you know, it makes raising capital, you know, that much more difficult, right. With all the news stories and I tell people all the time, you have to have a track record to raise capital. You can't just, you know, wake up one day and decide you're going to start fixing and flipping homes or buying a bunch of rentals or, you know, it doesn't matter what type of business it is. You know, I've got a buddy of mine. Uh, I just talked to you today. He's got a landscaping business he owns uh, back in the Midwest and, and things are starting to go pretty well, but they haven't been in business very long and he's trying to raise money. I told him, I go, look, you know, without a track record, it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, I look at uh, uh, Brandon, I look at uh, Two experiences I had, you know, when I first got started in real estate investing, you know, I was working uh, for a guy and his partner who were buying homes down at the courthouse steps. And I worked for those guys and I was basically a bird dog for a year and a half. This is what happened, Brandon. Uh, my friends, my family, my former co-workers who all thought I was crazy when I quit my job. You know, after a year and a half, here I was, I was making money. Things were starting to happen for me. I was working with some investors. They saw that, right? They saw I was doing deals. 
and they wanted to get, you know, they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to invest with me, you know, they wanted to, you know, so we did promissory notes and, and they do, you know, deeds of trust on properties and, you know, I'd secure them and give them, you know, a, a rate of return, you know, 10, 12 percent, you know, uh, but I had a track record. They saw, you know, after a year went by, I quit my job and here I was doing real estate. And they're like, wow, he's not living out of a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. Must be doing something right, you know. And then, uh, you know, you know, fast forward to 2009, spring of 2009. And, you know, um, this investor, Keith, I was telling you about it, taught me the four flipping boxes concept. Uh, you know, I started working for him and helping him out, you know, with his jobs. And, uh, you know, I actually was a realtor, you know, so he actually started having me list some of his homes. And right around that time, my, my business partner, Manny, called me up and he was, you know, out on the road doing another business. And I told him, yeah, man, I'm helping this guy that I met through my church and he's an investor and, you know, I'm helping him out, you know, getting these things fixed up and I'm listing him for him. And he's like, well, why couldn't you do that? And I'm like, well, I could if I had some money. And he's like, well, I've got, you know, some investors who've got money. I mean, you've got the track record to, to fix and flip these homes. You know, you know what you're doing. Let's partner up. So that's really the trick. I mean, I think people kind of put the cart before the horse. I mean, you've got to establish a track record. Well, how do you do that? Well, you work with people who know what they're doing, you know, and, and that's really, you know, I mean, I look at, um, I, you know, Warren Buffett. Uh, I read his book uh, a few years ago. It's called The Snowball, Warren Buffett and the Business of Life. And uh, his story is fascinating. You know, I mean, a lot of people think Warren Buffett was just, you know, had this, this wisdom, you know, and in 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 this knowledge to to uh, invest in the stock market, you know, the day he was born, he actually had a mentor. It was a guy by the name of Benjamin Graham. Uh, he wrote a book in 1949 called The Intelligent Investor. Yeah, uh, was 20 years old when he read that book, and he know he knew a little bit about investing in the stock market, but not a lot. He read this book. He actually went to New York City, enrolled at uh, Columbia University, and, and and took Ben Graham's classes and actually went to work for him. And if you buy the book, The Intelligent Investor now, Warren Buffett you know, has written a foreword to it. And, and he, he acknowledges that uh, Ben Graham was his mentor, his coach, his friend. I mean, you know, you just, you know, even Warren Buffett didn't roll out of bed and know how to invest in the stock market. I mean, it, you got to have someone that's going to kind of show you the way. And once you start to learn, people around you are going to take notice. I mean, they, you know, that's another great way, Brandon, to raise capital is just go find a good deal. You know, you find a good deal, the money will come. I'm telling you, there'll be people that are going to want to work with you, you know, so. No, that's true. I, there was a house I found uh, about a year ago um, and the lady had it listed the day she listed it. She listed it at thirty thousand, and I offered her fifteen on the spot, and she took it right then and there. And immediately, I had three people that wanted to buy it, so I ended up wholesaling it for about eight thousand, and it was the best wholesale deal I'd ever done. Uh, and uh, so that's an exa a perfect example of that. You know, I found the deal, and uh, you know the money just showed up. I didn't have to try for that one. And, and and that's exactly what I was doing when I got started. I mean, I was wholesaling. You know, I started out as a bird dog. And, you know, I would just assign the contract, you know, I would write a contract, to the homeowner that would say, you know, my LLC is the buyer. And then I have an and or assignees clause on the contract. And then I would assign it to this investor I was working for. And he'd give me three, four, five thousand bucks. Well, eventually when uh, I'd done enough of these and, you know, I had family members and friends see that I had the success I was having, they started get, investing the money with me. And, and, and so I was able to 
to do that on my start taking these deals down on my own. And I remember it's funny, I, I, I read stuff all the time, you know, on bigger pockets and elsewhere about wholesaling. Everybody wants to wholesale and trying to figure out the secrets and the key to it. There's really no secret to it. And there's no, you know, you don't really have to work very hard to get a buyer's list together. All you need to do is find a good deal. I remember at, I was, I had just kind of gone out on my own. I finally got some of my own capital together and I found a deal. It was in Mesa, about 20 minutes from where I live here in Gilbert. And I bought, I got the homeowner to agree to sell it to me for 85000 And I knew it was worth between one forty and one fifty all day. It needed about 20000 in rehab. So I, I, uh, I, I bought it for eighty five, and I, I listed it. Uh, I actually put an ad in the newspaper, <laughs> the uh, Arizona Republic. This is, you know, going back to 2003. Newspaper? What's that? <laughs> I, wrote, I put an ad, and I put, you know, I put the cross streets of the house in the, in the details, and I got, I must have gotten a dozen phone calls on that house. And I think the first three or four guys who called me said, hey, this is a great deal. And I sold it to the first guy who called me. I wholesaled it for about ten grand. And um, he told me, said, before you call anyone else, you call me. I'll buy every one of these you got. And, and there was about two or three other guys uh, who also called me on that house. And those guys, those, those, and it was from one newspaper ad that cost me about 200 bucks. And those guys bought just about every home I, 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 I bought over the next two to three years. I mean, they just, you know, there, there was no need to go out and, and put this, this buyer's list together, you know, and, and do all this crazy stuff. I mean, it's because I had deals. It was easy to find the money and it was, you know, it was easy to find the buyers. You know, just, I tell people all the time, just find good deals and the money will find you. That's great advice. Great advice. Man, I can't tell you. Well, I can't tell you because you know, but I'm. Uh, you know, we read this all day. These the, the the new wholesaler questions. The the guru of the moment is telling them to, you know, get out there and and build these buyers lists. Well, great, you've got a buyers list of what <laughs> for what? Find the deal. You find the deal. The buyers will come. And you you, you mentioned something else. You you actually went and spent money. You spent two hundred dollars on an advertisement. Um, I, I I think. That's that alone puts you in the twenty of the eighty twenty rule when it comes to the 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 folks who are learning starting out wholesaling. Um, you know, people think that wholesaling is free now with the internet. It's a little easier, but but still, you know, you were willing to pony up a couple bucks uh, to to promote this thing. You know, it, it's it's yeah, uh, you know, you you need a little bit of money to 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 do this business. You can't just jump in with with nothing. No, you got to invest in your in yourself. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I think it's uh, is it um, Stephen Covey in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talks about you know sharpening the saw. You know, I mean, uh, this is a profession. Uh, this is a, a business. Uh, I, I take it very seriously, and I believe that uh, you know I have to invest in myself and in my education. And you know, I read books all the time about about business, about entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, self-improvement, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you've got to invest in yourself and in your business. And sometimes, you know, it'll, it's going to work and sometimes it isn't. I mean, I think I wrote a post for Bigger Pockets a few months ago. I think I called it the direct mail fail. And, uh, you know, I did a bunch of direct mail, spent a bunch of money and I didn't get a single lead out of it. I mean, I got a lot of calls, but none of them really turned out, you know, to be anything. And, you know, I got some great feedback and advice from some bigger pockets readers who have had a lot of success with direct mail. But, you know, I just, I came to the, you know, conclusion that it's just not for me. You know, uh, I, 
frankly, I don't, I don't like being on the phone for hours and hours talking to people who really aren't motivated to sell me their home, you know, and I, I just, you know, to me, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. It's just not my thing. I'd rather, I'd rather scour the MLS. I'd rather, you know, buy at the courthouse. So this business is about finding a niche. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to make money investing in real estate. There's a lot of different ways to acquire real estate, but you got to be willing to spend some time and some money, uh, you know, kind of figuring out what that is and figuring out what works and what doesn't. You know, and it's funny, Josh, you're talking about buyers lists and, you know, all the education there is out there on how to build a buyers list. It's I, I don't they're not really buyers lists. They're suckers lists is what uh. they're because they're not trying to find a legitimate buyer. You're trying to find some sucker who's going to probably, you know, pay you overpay you for a home or overpay for a home that that you've acquired that, that that's not really a deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, well listen, we're we're kind of running out a little bit. Um, don't want to cut you off here too much, but we we we've got a couple of things that we've got to talk about, including your book. Tell me about the book. What got you writing this thing? Um, and uh, give us a, a synopsis. Again, it's called Fixing and Flipping Real Estate, and we'll have links to that along with pretty much everything else that we've talked about on our show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show one. But uh, let us know what's going on with this book here, Marty. Sure. So uh, back in April of last year, 2012, not long after the Bigger Pockets Summit, I had a book publisher uh, send me an email and approach me. And Josh, you probably remember you and I, you gave me a lot of advice on, 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 on this and negotiating the contract with the publisher. But uh, they approached me. They'd been reading uh, my, my blog, Flipping Phoenix Houses, and had seen some of the posts on Bigger Pockets and, and uh, liked the way I, uh, my style of writing and just you know asked me if I'd ever thought about publishing a book. And I said, sure. And I actually wanted to call the book Four Flipping Boxes, but uh, they decided that, uh, uh, that, that that wouldn't really... Um, translate that uh, that the the readers would have a hard time figuring out what that meant so they changed the title to it's really wordy you know fixing and flipping real estate strategies for the post boom era and you know i'm i'm really proud of the book because uh number 1 it's really my story uh you know from from you know domination to crash to crisis to chaos you know to comeback right uh it's my story so i, I was able to weave this story, you know, over the last 10 years into the book and a lot of hard lessons I learned and, and mistakes that hopefully that the readers of this book can, can re, you know, can, can see and, and learn from. Uh, but it is the four flipping boxes uh, concept and, and that's how the, the book is kind of uh, laid out, including the story of how I met Keith who taught me, taught me how to, um, to fix and flip homes and taught me the, the concept. Uh, but the book, again, uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty easy read and uh you know it's not um an a to z how to how to do this right it's it's more like a blueprint you know uh you know everyone's different everyone has a different uh way of doing things but uh i think it lays out how to 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 start a fix and flip business whether you want to flip one home a year or 20 a month it lays out uh you know how you would go about doing that and how you set up a, a business uh, Brandon, for you, it does include a lot in, in about raising capital and, and finding money and building that track record and attracting investors into your into your business. Uh, a lot about acquisition. Really, two thirds of the book I talk about acquisition because you make your money when you buy, you know, not when you sell. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the focus is is on on acquiring properties. But what I think is really cool about it is uh, the publisher had me do some research prior to writing it. 
And there, as far as we could tell, there hasn't been a single book written about fixing and flipping homes since the crash. Uh, the, 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 there, I think a book written in 2007 on flipping on, on Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Uh, I'm not sure who the author is, but really there's been nothing written in the last uh, four or five years about fixing and flipping homes post crash. So, you know, my hope is, is that people will see it on Amazon on Barnes and Noble, uh, or hopefully someday it might end up on the bookstore shelves there and say, Hey, wow, a book about flipping homes after the crash, you know, I want to buy it. So I have a lot of tips and information, uh, and, and, um, uh, a lot of things that I share with the reader on how to kind of, to navigate the the market in the post boom era when we're dealing with a lot of REOs and short sales and auction properties and, and dealing with homeowners who have little or no equity. And, and, and so I think that, uh, that, uh, of, of everything I've written about in the book, that's what the reader will find most valuable. That's great, man. Well, listen, uh, again, we'll, we'll make sure everybody, uh, has a link to the, uh, to the book, uh, via the show notes and, um, you know, can, can certainly, uh, get out there and, and pick up a copy. I, I have not yet read, um, the book, but I'm anticipating doing so soon. And, uh, I will urge everybody to do so because Marty is the real deal. And, uh, this book is certain to be great. Um, before we head out, we've got one last thing we're going to do. We're going to do a really quick speed round here. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions and, and let's, let's hear what you've got to say. Um, first, should investors get a real estate license? Absolutely. I believe uh, uh, investors should have a real estate license mostly because you, know, you got to have access to the multiple listing service. I mean, how are you going to comp properties? How are you going to look for deals, short sales and REOs? And how are you going to get access to them? I mean, it's unrealistic to ask a real estate agent, especially a good one, to do all that stuff for you. They've got better things to do with their time than, than show you how to do that and, and meet with you. So do it. Even if you don't plan on listing or writing offers, do it. It's it's worth it. And forget about what people tell you about fiduciary responsibility and, and disclosure. You know what? Uh, you know, you, you run your business the way you're supposed to. You won't have anything to worry about there. There you go. There you go. All right. Favorite Favorite real estate book other than your own? Favorite real estate book other than my own? You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is probably uh, the closest thing to a real estate investment book I've read. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I see these real estate books on the shelves and uh, I look through them and, you know, they they turn me off a little bit. You know, I just... <laughs> I don't. It's hard for me to believe that that uh, you know the authors uh, these some of these books you know are practicing what they preach or are, are really you know at it. So you know I would say Rich Dad Poor Dad's my favorite, uh, and I also uh, more on the personal development side. I think Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a fantastic book. Uh, you know, I mean, so those those are actually just above me here on my bookshelf. I keep those out and I flip through them all the time. Nice, nice. Favorite business book, non real estate. Uh, I would say the E Myth is, is my favorite non real estate related uh, uh, book because you know it talks a lot about McDonald's, about franchising, about systematizing your business, and uh, you know I think uh, any business owner can can uh, can get something out of that book and find it valuable. Fantastic, fantastic. Best advice for a new real estate investor. Uh, you know, the best real estate investment I talked about it earlier, you know, that I ever got was, you know, stop wasting your time and money and with these gurus and find a, a real estate investor in your own backyard and, and, and hook up with them, serve them somehow, create a win-win. 
Great advice, great advice, and advice. And lastly, what is your favorite vacation location? Oh, there's a, a spot. It's about three and a half hours south of here. It's called Rocky Point, Mexico, and I can get you know door to door down there in about three and a half hours. It's right on the Gulf of California, uh, the Sonoran Sea, they call it. Uh, and uh, condos uh, are really cheap to rent down there. It's like to me, it's like being in Hawaii. It's just absolutely beautiful, and I love the Mexican culture. Uh, uh, Manny, my partner, and I and our families go down there. We vacation down there quite a bit here the last couple of years, and I just love it. It's like paradise. Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, listen, Marty, thank you so much. Uh, you can find Marty at flippingphoenixhomes.com or on the Bigger Pockets real estate news blog at biggerpockets.com slash RE news blog. Uh, also, everything, like I said, that we discussed, we'll, uh, we'll have uh, links to, to books and things like that and, and Marty's site uh, at our show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show one. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for, for being the first guest on this uh, inaugural podcast uh, from Bigger Pockets. Well, thank you. I'm honored. Thanks, Brandon, for, for being a great co-host. I think uh, I think this is going to be a great success, and we're looking forward to the next couple episodes. So join us for uh, show number two, the next episode. Sounds like a uh, Star Wars thing or something, but uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you then. Hey, guys, that was our interview with Fix and Flipper Marty Boardman. Before we sign off, I'd love to get your help. Please, please head over to iTunes and leave us an honest review of this podcast. Remember, the more five-star ratings we receive, the better the chances others are going to find this podcast and learn how to become better real estate investors. So please help us out and leave a rating. Also, be sure to check out our show notes at www.biggerpockets.com slash show one. This is Josh Dorkin signing off. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.